Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Here for the full two hours, and then I think we're going on vacations. Work-related vacations, that is, until we get to football season and through football season as well. But without further ado, I'm joined by Nick the Intern again. So the Nick and the Nick show here for the next two hours on a Friday. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for being here today. I'd be better if the Rays won yesterday. Well, wouldn't we all? Yeah. Wouldn't we all be better if the Rays could could win a baseball game and... I guess we'll just jump right into it. More of the same last night for your Tampa Bay Rays mm-hmm. at the plate. And they were able to get hits. They, My goodness, two hits with a runner in scoring position. They still went like two for 14 in that department or whatever it was. But they did get two hits. Yandy Diaz lacing one into right center to tie that game up in the seventh inning. And I'm like, oh, here we go. We've got a spark going here. Haven't seen that in a long time, right? But eventually, how poetic, they lose in extra innings, and they lose on a Brandon Lau grounding into a double play, which we've grown so accustomed to. Not just Brandon Lau, it's not, his, it's not just a him issue. It's a team issue right now. They just, for whatever reason, the grounders into the double plays, and it's those little things that just went wrong for them uh, yesterday. So, Nick, give your, your, your feedback. I know you said you were really upset watching that game last night. Hard not to. Very, every loss just keeps continues to get frustrating and frustrating and frustrating here lately. I was, like, actually debating if I was just going to come on here and just say, like, you know what, I'm not going to talk about them because this team's not worth talking about. Like, that's how angry I got yesterday. Like, I'm, I kid you not, I am really getting sick and tired of watching these loss after loss as a fan. Like, I just can't take it anymore. Like, it's so – like, I actually dread – when the Rays game starts, because I just don't have confidence anymore. Like, when Brandon Lau came up in the in extras, I called that it was going to be a double play. I knew it was going to happen. And I'm just like, every time, man, it's the same thing. We have runners in scoring position. We have a chance. We can't score. Like, we just collapse at these times, and it's just, it's annoying. Like, I'm sorry. It's gotten to the point where I just come to accept it. This is a bad baseball team. Right now it is. It is. At this moment, this is not a bad baseball team in general. Let's keep things into perspective. And, I, and listen, I know, like that's the annoying thing too, it's, dude. It's, it's like it's not even like they we, we knew this was going to happen. They gave us not only did they give us hope, they gave us so much expectations at the center, and then suddenly you crash down like this. Like I'm not even saying I want. I was expecting them to keep like the high level they had at the start of the season, but can we just like I don't know have like how do we go from like here to like all the way down here and play? And it's not just one person; it's everyone, and that's the annoying thing. You can't even blame someone; it's everything. Well. And that's why it's so hard to really talk about this team right now because perspective is everything. Yeah. They are 60-40, and 40, which is still the second-best record in the American League. They are officially out of first place for the first time um, all season long, really. Yeah. Right? I think they just went about 100 days just about being in first place, which is amazing, absolutely amazing. But as I mentioned yesterday, credit to the Orioles. They kept it close the entire time throughout the Rays doing their thing. They, the Rays only got as much of a six-and-a-half game lead, I believe, in the division. Yeah. The Orioles never let them get away. i got to tell you, I'm shocked at how good this Orioles team is. 
This I, is a team that two years ago lost 110 games. Well, like you saw that we, we've been talking about their farm system recently. You, I knew they were going to be good. I'm surprised it's this soon. Like I thought they were like maybe like a year or two away. But after they, they had that spurge last season, I was like, Okay, they could turn into something. They're a lot better this year than I thought they were, but I still thought they'd be a playoff contender, so like, I'm yeah. not entirely surprised. I think, I think a lot of people thought they'd be a playoff contender, but to be in first place at this point in the AL East, and again, there's still a lot of time to go throughout this season, right? I know. But I had always been kind of looking at the contenders in the AL, and I thought the teams that had a shot were the Rays, obviously, the Rangers, and then I thought the Astros are still the sleeping giant. I'm just never going to count that team out. Yeah. They'll get healthy, and I'm sure the Astros will be right there, but... I gotta tell you what, it's hard not to say the Orioles. I mean, obviously they're in front of the Rays now. They caught them in first place. But if you look at the games the Rays have played against the Orioles, the Orioles have been a really stingy team for the Rays to deal with. They've yeah. played them tough, and obviously they've been better than them. I know, like that's and that's the annoying thing. Like, like when you really look at it, they had fight yesterday, but even then there were annoying did. moments. Like there were moments yesterday where I thought they were coming out of it a little bit. Yeah, but then there are other moments where it doesn't look like that. Like that freaking play where like it should. I forget who it was, but he got the third. It was because, it like, was Randy, and I'm going yeah. to get to that in a little bit because I feel like that deserves its yeah it does that deserves its own discussion. But like you watch plays like that, and it's just like oh my god, but this it, team doesn't care anymore. Yeah, you watch plays like that, and that's what's really frustrating to watch, I mean, right? And it's yeah. it's those it's those lack of concentration and, and, yeah. and those big moments, and it came off as a team. You know, you have the Orioles, a team that's trying to get in first place, and they look like they really wanted it, right? Gutter yeah. Henderson just hustling. That's a rookie. He's hustling around. And then you have Randy Rose Rain in the outfield, but I don't want to get down to that discussion. Yeah, yet. I want to focus. That, like, I want to focus on the game real quick, well, and then we'll go back to yeah. that. Well, if you want to talk about a really frustrating play, it was in extras, like literally the play before they hit that sack fly to take the lead and eventually secure the win. It looked like we had them picked off at third, and then what happens? Oh, Bethancourt threw a strike over there. Yeah, he hit him right in the glove. He drops the ball. If he hits him, then he's he's probably out. Yeah, and, and that doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's uncharacteristic of Taylor Walls to to make that pl- to yeah. have that happen yesterday. It's, like the second that happened, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna make us pay, man. I just I don't know. It wasn't just that. It's the first inning. They get guys. I mean, to start the game, I believe they had runners on first and second. Um, yeah. Yandy and Wander got on base, and then Randy comes up, and or Randy came up. He was batting fourth, I believe, in the lineup, and he, he grounds into a double play. No, um, that was that was allow. Allow hit the double play. Yeah, ground into Randy, a double Randy play. Randy struck out. Uh, Randy struck out four times last night. We get him in a second. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just up and down the lineup, they were able to get nine hits. So they have nineteen hits. Yeah. This is what's this is what is the frustrating part is you got nineteen hits in your last two games, and all you got to show for it they can't finish is three runs, and then the the solo shot by Jose Siri in the Rangers game to avoid the shutout in the ninth inning. Yeah. That's all you've got to show for it right now, and that's yeah. a sign of where the offense is grounding into double plays, and then. Horrible. When when things are going bad, they're really going bad because yeah. later in the game, the seventh inning, when Yandy got that hit, they still had obviously Yandy was on second base, two outs, and I think it was Rayleigh who hit an absolute missile mm-hmm. to second base. And and the way Dwayne reacted, I thought it was in the outfield already, and it was a liner, and they were able to double up Yandy at second base, right? Yeah. So that's how that inning ends. And then you go to the I believe it was the eighth inning or the ninth inning there. Was it, are you talking about the Harold Ramirez? Yes. Play? Yeah, it was yes. the eighth. They had all that momentum there, and Harold hits a rocket to, to, to second base. You hear the reaction. You think he's got that hit, and then... That was right as full out of a dive that I've seen from a second baseman all year. Yeah. And he steals that one away and throws out Harold, and that inning ends. You I mean, when things are going there. bad, those are the things that happen. It seems like even when the Rays hit the ball hard, it's just not dropping for whatever reason right yeah. now for them. Yeah, that's the annoying thing, too. Like, that's another thing I look back on, because I'm like, if he had 
if that play doesn't happen, we win the game because Peter Fairbanks had a shutdown inning in the ninth. Like, yeah, Pete Fairbanks it. looked like he was ready to go yesterday. Yeah, so like that's like that's the one thing compared to like our slump heading into the All Star team. This team looks better. Like pitching looks a lot better, but it's still just like yeah. And I then, don't know. I'm I'm sick. I just I hate every time we have a guy, we have one out and then suddenly somehow someone gets the first. I'm like, oh, this inning is about to end because I know they're going to hit into a double play. Like. I, yeah, right now there's just not a lot of confidence I see in the lineup. And even the yeah. one guy who has started to hit really well, uh, Frankie Mejia, who had the RBI yesterday to start things for the Rays, uh, he goes down with it looks like some left knee discomfort. He was taken out of the game for Christian Bethencourt, which yeah. is unfortunate because I think Frankie Mejia, he struggled all season long, and now he's starting to get more playing time because he's been hitting better than Bethencourt. And now he bangs up his knee. which yeah. So now your catcher depth potentially is going to be tested here. And that's a, that's a position that's really hard to go out and acquire at the trade deadline. So that might be something that's in-house, obviously. If Mejia's down, we have to see what happens with Mejia. I'm right. sure he'll get tested and all those things. I hope they don't mess this one up like but they I, did with Rasmussen. Yeah, but... Um, I'm just angry on everything with the race today, man. I'm, no, I feel you. I, I'm, I'm, a lot of race I'm, I'm fans bro- are frustrated. If you can't tell it, I'm broken. I'm, a lot I'm of race fans, fans are frustrated. It, when you go through a stretch like this, as we've mentioned... It feels like the end of the world is here with this team and the sky's falling right. and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I said it yesterday. I've said it all week. They were 29-7 and seven to start, and now the number continues to creep up 31-33 and 33 in the last 64. I know. And right. that's, a, that's a pretty good sample size to go off of of what this team is right now and where they've struggled. And it's a shame because I think the pitching, which has been banged up much more than the lineup has all year long, they've had a good deal of health in the lineup for the most part. Yeah, they have. The pitching has continued to be excellent. It's hard to ask much out of your pitching staff to limit the damage against Texas and against the Orioles in four games and keep it under five runs. Usually I like my chances in those games when your pitching goes out there and does it. And Tyler Glasnow, if you're looking for a positive from last night, I thought he was fantastic. He was. One of his best outings of the season. I believe it's the first time. It's, it's so rare you see a raised pitcher get through seven. Not named Zach Eflin, obviously, because he right. does such a good job of keeping his pitch count down. But He's our iron man. Glasnow did that yesterday. He, he, he makes it through 93 pitches, 63 strikes, so very efficient. Love to see that. His put-away stuff was great, nine strikeouts. There was only one inning that burned yep. Tyler Glasnow, but that's kind of what it's been. That's what it's been It's, every it's been time, one man. inning that's what it was that seems to kill these Rays pitchers, yeah. and it snowballs, and the lineup, for whatever, just cannot get back into it. Yep. Like, you know what it's like starting to feel like? Remember, like... Watching like every Bucks game from this past season, what it really was was like sloppy offense, but the defense would keep you in it, and it just turned into this slow drag. And you just right. keep hoping, this is the drive, this is the drive, and eventually, and and most of the time, eventually, like the defense just can't hold anymore, and they would, you know, the other team would break out. That's what it's turning into this time. Offense can't hit, defense is keep, and pitching is keeping us in it, and you just keep hoping this is the at bat, this is the at bat where it changes. And then it never does. Yeah, I, I'm trying not to be sky's falling guy again. They're, I don't want to be. They're 60, be, and, like, I'm they're not 60 and 40, but listen, you have to. You you cannot tell me if you're a Rays fan, you're watching these games. You cannot tell me you're not concerned if the ultimate goal is to win a World Series. Yeah. To, right now, I think Texas is a better team. I think obviously the Orioles are proving, especially if you go head-to-head matchups. I think they're a better team than the Rays right now, and as I told you push comes to shove in a series with the Astros, I like the Astros a little bit better because I know the pop that's in their lineup and they don't even have Jordan Alvarez in there right now, so I can't ignore them. I think right now, if you're looking at World Series favorites in the American League, I think the Rays are the fourth team right now. And that's very unfortunate given the start that they've had. Mm -hmm. I don't think they can afford 
to sit on their hands at the trade deadline and they say we're gonna something. we're gonna trust our guys and we're gonna go for it. I don't think they have it in them right now. Yeah. And let, let's move on to the next discussion of what happened last night. And that goes into the fourth inning. Yeah, boy. And why that snowballed. Gunnar Henderson, really fast player, outstanding rookie for the Orioles, hits a ground ball to third, kind of off Taylor Wall's glove. You probably expect him to make that play. Yeah. Okay, so that's part one of this. And I'll come back to Taylor Walls as well because he's part of the end of this play. Mm-hmm. Goes into left field, and Randy Rosarena is kind of making a, I don't know what I'd call that, a light jog yeah. to the ball. <clears throat> Not much sense of urgency. And I've seen this before from Randy. For whatever reason, sometimes when he's in the outfield, the sense of urgency doesn't seem like it's there for him. And that was unfortunate to see again because this is a really big series, mm-hmm. albeit in July. It's the biggest series to date. And first place is on the line. You'd like to see him show a little bit more effort getting to that baseball. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But then the throw in. Um, quite the launch angle, I have to tell you, oh, yeah. on that throw. Quite the launch angle. It looked like he was throwing a slow-pitch softball back into the infield. Truthfully, if you haven't seen the play, please go see it. It's all over Twitter. I'm sure you all saw it. I think Grace fans all kind of yelled at their TVs last night, including myself watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, barely throws it in. Taylor Walls not standing on third base. Not sure what he was doing either. That, that's the other thing there. That's part of this. It's not just Randy. It's partly Taylor Walls as well. I think you got to be on third base. Uh, he wasn't looking. Randy said that was part of the thing. He, he went to go throw it in. And it looked like Taylor was looking at him, so he held on to it. And then he just, you know, lollygag threw it in there, whatever. Yeah. But Gunnar Henderson heads up play, never stops slowing down and gets to third base. And before you know it, a single turns into a double, which ends up turning into a triple. And then you put Tyler Glass now in a tough spot right there, and the Orioles were able to take advantage. That gave them the spark that they needed mm-hmm. to turn that inning into a three-run inning. And when it got the three runs, it's 3-1 at that point. I just said, well, it's going to be tough for the Rays tonight because Gibson looked like he had his plus stuff, and he's been really good against the Rays historically throughout his career, uh, especially cause he's, since he's gotten to Baltimore. So yeah. it is what it is. But... That doesn't happen. You argue they can win that. They win that game, right? And those are the little things. Those are the little things. When you're playing a tough series like this against a really good team, it's the little things that count. And right now, the Rays are not doing that. And when I saw Randy Rosarena do that, I know this is not really the Kevin Cash way. Uh, obviously, the Wander thing was dealt with. All those things. I thought Randy Rosarena should have been yanked out of that game, mm-hmm. and a message needed to be sent. Yeah. In my opinion, because I don't think Randy Rosarena came to play last night. And it's not just that play. He grounded into a double play in the first inning, and then he struck out four times at the plate. Yeah. He's letting go of the bat, which tells me he just, he's, just, he's just missing everything at the plate. No confidence right now. He's hitting a buck eighty-five since he got since, since the home run derby, which I told you, by the way, was my concern because the home run derby is so screwed up in the format, and they have to swing so hard and, yeah. and, and so, so many swings. I a concern there that it was going to mess up his swing. I'm not saying that it's there yet. It's a small sample size. Yeah. But he is hitting 185 since the All-Star break, so it's not great. And I think he's like 14 for like his last 75 yeah. with like 23 strikeouts. He so has not been good. He's just, he's just not been playing at the Randy level that we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. So I thought last night, listen, he was supposed to have the off day the day prior. They had to go to him in the fifth inning, so it was kind of a half off day. I thought yesterday apparently was his off day because he didn't, he didn't come to play. Nope. Your, your best player did not come to play yesterday, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. And those are the things that concern me the most about this team. How are you not ready to play a game? There's no other excuse for that. Again, Taylor Walls is as much to blame on that play, I think, as Randy is. It's just, how does that happen? 
How does that happen in that moment? It's inexcusable. I would have taken him out of the game. And guess what? He played the rest of the game. I don't give a crap that it's Randy Land tonight. He shouldn't play. Yeah. He should not play tonight. Randy Orozarena need needs to, to be benched for at least a game because he didn't show up to play yesterday. Yeah. Well, at the very least, that one play needs to be discussed because when, remember when Wander got benched? What was one of the, Obviously, you know, we hear the things about happening behind the scenes, but what were some of the other parts of it? You know, just like the, the lack of effort, like how he's not trying as hard when he, you know, hit, hits in the ground ball, how he's not, you know running as fast as you can at first. All these little things, the lack of caring. That's the same thing. Yeah, if we're going to... He's gonna, not trying. Yeah. You, and, you, and here's the... And remember, a lot of that was because of tension between him and, and Wander. You can't at least not punish this in some way because that's a double standard suddenly and that could cause tension in the locker room. That's how I think it would be. I mean, like, what, what happened, you know? The message needs to be sent, and as Buck's basement says here in the comment, I couldn't say it any better, I don't care if this means we lose the next game. Randy needs to be benched after his play last night. If Franco can get benched, so can Randy. That yeah. was embarrassing what he displayed last night. Absolutely. Thomas Casper said Randy may be injured after the play. Well, here's the thing. If Randy was injured and he didn't need to be out there, then, then, then he shouldn't out be out there. End of story. If he's injured, he shouldn't be out there. Although, I have no inclination that he was injured. And by the way, if he was injured, it was like his knee or whatever. Is that really going to... Okay, maybe you're lolly to the ball and all those things, but like, is that stopping you from throwing the ball in? I don't know. If he was injured, he shouldn't have been out there. That's yeah. just my whole take on it. If so, he's out there, I have everything to believe that he's not injured and he's okay and he was good enough to be out there. And in my opinion, if you're playing the game the right way, you should be able to do the right things, especially when you have a, you're struggling as a team and then you have a play like that that snowballs an entire inning that should have never got to that point. Yeah. So, Someone screwed up. That's so, the only conclusion. If he's injured, that means either he knew about it and didn't tell someone, or the Rays knew and they kept him out there exactly. anyway. Exactly. And I don't. And I don't. And I don't know. If, and I don't. Good. And I don't have any. I just cannot believe that's the case. Yeah. I think this was a lax in judgment of Randy Rosarena, and I think he needs to pay for it. If you're going to bench Wander Franco for similar things, let's let's be consistent here. Because Randy Rosarena should sit today. Because I just. I, again, we're not in the locker room. We don't know, but just imagine like wh- how that's gonna like sit at least with Wander. But imagine how other players will see it. Like, why is there a double standard? Yeah, there needs to be there needs to be some leadership here. Yeah. Um, accountability and leadership go hand in hand, and I think yeah. they have. I mean, they need to. That needs to happen here because that play last night epitomized everything that's been wrong with this team. Three and twelve now in the month of July. Oh my god! Two wins against the Royals and one against the Braves. That's it. Yeah. That's all they've done in the month of July. And, That's again, looking at the schedule ahead, it's not getting easier. It's not getting easier. I know Lonnie says right here, do they sit Randy on Randy Land Day, though? You need to win. I'm sorry. And he was not helping them win. Yeah. I, I would probably tell you, because it's Randy Land, I mean, listen, people paid money to be out there to see Randy. They saw him. He's going to play, probably. I'm yeah. just saying, as a manager, as a team, I'm not putting that guy out there for today. I'm sending a message. I'm yeah. sending a message, bottom line. Yeah, and the other way you could just look at it is, like, you know, like, in, think about it in hockey, when a team, str- when your goalie struggles, you know, sometimes you just have an off night. That's how sports works. What do you do? You yank him. Don't destroy his confidence. That You can see the same thing as this. He wasn't struggling. He's not He's not on his A game. Just take him out. Let him, don't damage anything. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating as a fan. It's a frustrating team. I mean, yeah. there was even a moment there in the fourth inning where Jose Siri struck out for the second time, and... I mean, immediately, immediately threw that bat down. Helmet f- fell off and everything. Like, they're chasing bad pitches, too. Like they're the just not being, they're not being patient at the plate. 
I don't know. Bottom line, like, they're not being patient. Yeah. It's it's a, it's such a contrast to the approach that they showed in the first month, month and a half of yeah. the season at the plate right yeah. now. And like I know, they're pressing. I, I know I went on that rant. Like, let me be clear. I'm not giving up on this team as a fan. I want them to win. I am hoping that I can turn. I will watch the game because I will continue to watch the game. Not because, A, I'm a fan, and, B, it's summer, and there's not really anything else on right now. But I will continue to watch, and I hope that today's the day that they start their turnaround. But they haven't shown me anything yet. I I want them to succeed. I just don't know when that's going to happen. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping that today's the day it changes. I don't know if it will. Well, the good thing for the Rays, and the, the, for this series, the pitching lined up exactly how they wanted it to. Yeah. Right, they had Glasnow yeah. last night, and he went out and had a really. I'm not good worried game. about the pitching. You got not. you got Zach Eflin tonight, and then you got Shane McClanahan, and then Todd Bradley uh, on the final game on Sunday. So, the pitching lined up exactly the way the Rays wanted. I have all the confidence in the world that Zach Eflin, who came off his worst start in Kansas City, is going to bounce back tonight. Right, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Bradish has been pitching really well for the Orioles this year, and especially of late. So that's going to be a pretty good pitcher's duel tonight, I expect. I would I would expect runs are going to be at a premium. So can the Rays can the Rays offense find something here? Because the good thing is is they're starting to get hits. They are. They're starting to get hits, but they're still missing the big hit. Last yeah. night they got it with Yandi, but outside of that they just still are failing just in that department. Score, they just got, yeah, just score with runners in scoring position. That's that's all you need. That's that's the main problem. You change that, they'll start seeing some wins pile up. And another one of the things that's a little bit eyebrow raising a little bit is. In one-run games, and I believe Rich said this yesterday on the telecast, the Orioles are 17-9 in one-run games, and the Rays are four games under five hundred yeah. in one-run games. Right, 17-9 the Orioles are, the Rays are four games under five hundred in one-run games. Those little things matter. They do. Those little things matter. The Rays are not playing their best baseball when it's close and it's tight right there. Nope. And that, to me, if you're, if you're going to be a World Series contending team, you've got to be better in one-run games. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that's alarming for this team right now. And, that's what sh- and that sucks because that, when you're in one-run games, that usually tells me your pitching is really good that night yeah. and the hitting's not coming around. Like I said, I'm not worried about pitching. Pitching's been great. Pitching's recently. been fantastic, and that's why when the trade deadline comes, like, it's easier to get pitching talent. Saw the report yesterday, the Rays are linked to to Marcus Stroman and things like that. Like, that would be cool, you know. But again, when you get to a playoff series, you need three guys. Yeah. And I'd argue they already have their three guys. So I don't know if starting pitching Maybe, is the biggest yeah. deal right now. Maybe put in some bullpen guys. I still get nervous whenever we put Jason Adams in the game. But Well, Jason Jason was good last night. He was. But he like, has plus but, stuff. But then he has games where he's just, I don't know, he's still, he's still, he's too inconsistent for me right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I will say this. The bullpen itself, which has been really good lately. It's been getting better, so I'm not as nervous I, I think it. Pete... Uh, he hasn't been Felix Batista, or he hasn't been Chapman this year, but, but I he's think been he's, good. he's been really good. Yeah, he's Adam has shown signs. He's, he's snapping out of it a little bit. Uh, Kevin Kelly, I mean, the the, the scoreless streak was going to come to an end at some point, but you go 20 innings in the big leagues as a rookie without pretty giving good. up a run, pretty good. I can rely on him. He's going to have a good career. Jake Geekman's been a great find. Yeah. Bob Stevenson last night did his job. Unfortunate what happened there with him in the late in the game where that slider stayed up just enough and... Uh, happen, they were able to yeah. they were able to get one out far enough in the left field to get that run home. But you know when it goes down to the gimmicky extra innings where you have the runner on second, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But he's been really good since they got him. Been a good little fine. Yeah. Um, so you, I think in Colin Pochet, as much as I kind of echo with Rich said, he's been really good. But sometimes you're still like waiting for that blow up. But it really hasn't happened lately. I think you got six to seven arms in that bullpen that you can rely on. 
Yeah. I do. Like, I don't... When Calvin Fauchet's of the world, and when Yanni was in there, and, and the Zach Littells, who did pitch good the other day, when those guys are in there giving up runs, Patino, whatever it is, I know those guys are not going to be on the big league roster by the time we get to October. Right. So I don't lose sleep at those as much. The core nucleus, those six or seven guys I told you for the most part lately, have been doing their job, and that's very encouraging. Yeah. So... It's not as bleak as it once was, like when we were having that losing streak back into the All-Star game, but I don't know. Some, it's still not good right now, so you just you hope things change. Are the Rays still undefeated on, on the on the Devil Rays games, by the way? I, I know they were 8-0. No. Yeah, I saw Lonnie <coughs> put that in the chat. I was wondering about that. If, well, they lost they lost the last one to the Braves, so I think they're 8-1. Still, it's a good record. On Friday night home games, we're in the Devil Rays. So, like as Lonnie said here, hopefully we get some, some Devil Ray magic. I out hope, of this team. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah, I, I need a win. That would be great. So uh, we'll see. But let's listen to uh, to the manager, Kevin Cash, last night, uh, get his take on the game. And uh, I believe the soundbite is in here as well of what he thought about the, the play with Randy. I mean, look, a little bit more of the same of what we've seen. I thought Gibson, you know, he's tough. He's pitched us really tough for um, – you know, many reasons. Ultimately, it's because of his pitchability. He's got four or five different pitches that he'll throw at any time and just kept us off balance enough. His timing's not on. I mean, I think that's very fair to say. Um, you know, when you're not about feeling at the plate, he's kind of, the way it looks right now, he's just in between. If he's looking, if he's got slider in the back of his mind, he's getting a fastball and, uh, and vice versa. You know, when you're swinging at, swinging at balls and maybe taking some strikes, uh, just not seeing it. But we know as well as anybody um, having Randy that he can get really hot. It's not too predictive of what's going to take place for him. So I'm confident he'll come right back out and play good tomorrow. I mean, his class was really, really good. Um, and I thought he navigated even through that inning. We, we didn't help him out too much, and he did a good job there. And, you know, we, the play at the plate, 2-1 is different than 3-1. So... Uh, the fourth, no doubt, frustrating inning, but Glasnow kept his composure and kept pitching and got deep in the game. He'll get an MRI, or he's actually getting an MRI right now. Left knee at the play at the plate. I, I'm going to call it a sprain right now. That's all I know to call it, but we're going to look and see if it's if it's anything more severe than that. Bob's done such a good job for us. He did such a such a good job. Brandon kind of dug that ball out of the dirt for him on the bunt. That was a heck of a play by Bilal. And then it, it gets ahead to Kowser. He's trying to finish him off, and it looked like it just kind of spun off and, and didn't get the depth that he wanted. Um, I know he'd like to have that pitch back, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, there's the manager right there, Kevin Cash, last night after the 4-3 loss to the Orioles, who have officially taken first place uh, in the AL East, which is starting to get tight now. It's starting to get tight. Uh, Toronto's been playing some really good baseball. They're four and a half behind the Rays at the moment. Uh, that's what makes this series so pivotal, uh, pivotal right now is obviously you want to stay in float with the Orioles, but you have to worry about the, the Blue Jays now who are playing really good baseball and are kind of nipping on your heels. And the Blue Jays have, a, have a, a West Coast series right now against Seattle that gets underway tonight. Uh, we know those West Coast series can be tricky, but the way the Blue Jays are playing, I like their chances. So got to worry about what the Blue Jays are doing. Got to worry about the Red Sox are doing. Uh, the Yankees, on the other hand, yeah, I think I'm okay. I'll, I won't worry about the Yankees for now. <laughs> they can stay in last place. Yeah. 50 and 47. They've lost four in a row. Two and eight in their last ten. I saw a stat yesterday. Anthony Rizzo. Is slugging 195 since the beginning of June. Anthony Rizzo has been horrendous, oh, as so many guys in that Yankee lineup have been. We're laughing at them with all that payroll they have. 
I don't feel sorry for the Yankees one bit, but yeah, at least we're getting to crunch time here, and the Rays are not playing great baseball by any means. Also of note, in that clip there I just played of Kevin Cash, conveniently addressing the play with Randy in the outfield was, was cut out. And the Rays also, Bally did not post the interview on, on Twitter like they usually do, which is interesting. But they edited it out. But basically, Kevin Cash, he gave it a very short answer and said it was, and I quote, not ideal, was how he described what happened with Randy in the outfield. And I think when something happens like that, and, and Kevin gives that kind of short quote like that, and he kind of gives this look to whoever asked it, He's he best. was not pleased. He's not. I mean, to be fair, like, did he blame him? No, I mean, Kevin Cash, to me... I'm pissed, and I'm not all, even on the team. Of all the things that have gone wrong with this team, it's like, I can't point at the manager by any means. I've said it over and over. Any criticism towards Kevin Cash, I think, is unwarranted. Uh, I think he's always been a been a great manager here for the Rays. Certainly the best manager they've ever had, in my opinion, and one of the best in Major League Baseball. He's doing what he can right now. Yeah. At the end of the day, the guys that have the sticks in their hand have got to be better, and right now they're just not so... <sighs> Hopefully, and I keep saying this after every loss, hopefully we can right the ship tonight because on a five-game losing streak, could you imagine having a seven-game losing streak and then coming right back out and doing another seven-game losing streak in the same month? That's... Can you imagine that? Against, and especially Baltimore, like I said yesterday, they've gone 70 series in a row without getting swept. It's unbelievable. 70 series in a row without getting swept. And we can call that again now 71. Because they ain't getting swept in this one either. So, tough sledding for your Rays, but we will see what happens. All right, let's take our first break here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Rolling with you on a Friday. Lots to get to today. The Open is underway. Good action there going on. Got NFL players getting excited for going way too fast. And Zone's going to tell you why. Just stop driving. Just stop driving. You make all this money. Please stop driving. It's not going. Just, there's no reason for it. And there's so many examples of how this stuff can go wrong. We have Rashad White speaking with Kevin O'Donnell at Fox 13. Bold prediction about the Bucks in 2023. Going to tell you why I don't think he's too far off base on that one. We got a new owner in the NFL. We got soccer tonight. Women's World Cup. Messi making his debut. Hard Knocks is about to get underway. So much to get into. Uh, so we'll keep rolling here on a Friday, brought to you again by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, Incorporated EPI, and American Mortgage Services. Back in three. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life 
changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches 
in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show, the Nick and Nick Show. Nick Geddes and Nick the Intern. Filling in for JP Peterson this morning. His last day in Vegas today of his work-related stuff, which if you've been following his social media, he's shooting, as in his words, excuse my language, shooting a bunch of shit, I believe was the message he sent to the two of us. Well, uh, that's what he meant to say, but I think he wrote shut by accident. Well, or fat, fat thumbs, yeah. fat thumbs, fat, fat thumbs, Peterson strikes again. What's new? Uh, but no, but <laughs> so he's having fun out there. Um, maybe he's solving the Area 53 are we, I think that's still unsolved, that whole mystery. What was that that happened two years ago with the aliens or whatever? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Remember that? That was just know. those typical, like, COVID was, things that we were know. going through. Yeah, And we know. were all talking about Area 53, and people were storming it. And he says he's, like, ten minutes away from it. You mean 51? Area 50, See, that shows you how much I know. I was like, what the heck is Area 53? I don't even know what... Oh, look, I'm the most uncultured person. I don't even know what Open oh, Meyer okay. is. Oh, okay, now I know what you're talking about. I was, like, kind of, like, just trying to agree with you, but I... Are you talking about when they were that like poll went online where everyone's like, let's storm Area 51? Yes, yes. Was that not that. a Twitter trend like yes. two years ago? Yes, where we I just we that. had nothing else to talk I think about. That was before the pandemic, I, was it? I don't, I don't, it's I don't, all a blur. It was a while ago. The last yeah, three years are all right, a blur. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I don't know anything about Open Meyer, which JP <laughs> couldn't believe that. JP st- Oppenheimer. Oh, oh there you yeah. go, Oppenheimer. Good movie. I saw it Which yesterday. Which you said you saw it yesterday. I'm yeah. glad you saw that instead of Barbie. Everybody's running to the theaters. My wife, my wife is seeing it tonight. Well, you know the trend that like people are like, you need to see Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day. So like, I go into the theater and there's so many people wearing Barbie shirts. I I pull up and one guy, I, I know I told you about this, but I want to say this on air. Like you know the, uh, like stereotypical Ken design where he has like that sweater tying around the, the right. Snake? I just see like a group of guys just walk in and they all have that on, and I'm like, wow, they're big fans. I'm not judging you. I'm just like, okay. I am, I am. Who's playing? Who plays Ken? Uh, it's uh, Ryan Gosling. Well. Well, like, he's, like, the main one. From what I can tell, like, a bunch of celebrities make cameos <laughs> as, like, different versions of Ken. Like, Let's John see. Cena's in it as Mermaid Ken. Will Ferrell's in it. Michael Sarah's in it. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. I think I'm going to pass. If you're one of those Rotten Tomatoes people, it's got a, it's got an 89% rating already. Yeah. Let's see what Oppenmeyer has. It has. Last time I checked, it had, like, 92 and, like, a 9, 9 out of 10 on IMDb. Ooh, 93% on Rotten it's, Tomatoes. It's really good, but for me, personally, it, <laughs> and it's important, especially considering that's something that really happened, but for me, it just kind of dragged out, but that's just because it's, it's, like, three hours, and, you know, it's a Christopher Nolan film, so, like, the guy, you know, he it's loves his... It's three hours? Well, that's what, I think that's cool. what it was. I think, yeah. But I don't like, have time to sit in a theater it's for Christopher, hours. It's Christopher Nolan, and he loves those films, like, the scenes that, like, you know, they just talk and they go in these deep conversations. Like, even in action films like The Dark Knight, like, still, what are some of the more iconic scenes? Just Batman and the Joker. The, the only three-hour movie that I've ever sat through in a theater and I thoroughly enjoyed and it went by just like that was Avengers Endgame. 
because there was so much emotional connection to that movie. It was three yeah. hours. Was it really? Wow. It was three hours, wow, and it flew by. But then I saw last year, and it was a three-hour movie, and I'm not the biggest Batman fan, but I saw, what is it, The Batman? Yeah, the one I was going to say, you Pattinson. didn't see The Batman. Yeah, that was a good one. And that was three hours, and I thought that was a bit slow. For me, it, I didn't But really... I also saw it at like 10.10 10 oh, yeah, at that, night. Yeah, that'll do it. It was a little slow. No, that's what it was for me. Like I just saw Mission Impossible last week. That one's three hours, but and that one I noticed the time, but that's because like, I went in the theater at like 9 o'clock, so I got out at like, midnight. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, my friends want to see movies all the time at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and see those showings like when they come out. Yeah. And I, I just I can't hang anymore. I can't hang. Like We saw Spider-Man, that animated one last time, and that was like two hours, I want to say. Yeah. And about an hour in, I was... Did you tell me you didn't want to see that? I didn't know it was animated. I got animated. I got in there and it's animated, and I can't stand animated movies. But it's such a good movie. I I don't care. I just I hate animated movies. That's arguably the best Spider-Man. Oh, that's that's blasphemous, right? Oh, really? Oh, ask the internet. Most people will agree with me on that one. Well, you know what? The internet sucks and is wrong all the time. So okay, just ask people in the street. Most people will will tell you that one of the two animated Spider-Verse ones are the best. There is no way in hell. That either of the animated Spider-Mans, uh-huh. and I haven't even seen the first one, are better than any of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Okay, you can't even say that about the first any, one if you haven't seen Any it, of the Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Mans, and any of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans as part of the Sony okay, Marvelverse. really? There's just no way. Really? Did you not see it? Ama- you're telling me you didn't see Amazing Spider-Man 2? That one was terrible. I, I, would take, I will take a bad movie... You really want to watch Emo Peter and Spider-Man 3? I will take a bad movie with regular people, humans, than I would a great movie that's animated. Any day of the week. I just hate animated movies. I I love the original Spider-Man trilogy, but those are not normal people. Just rewatch the dialogue. That's not how people talk. And that's every movie. That's fair. That's every movie. That's just like... Right? Okay. Okay. All right, we'll move on. Enjoy being wrong. We'll we'll move on. We'll move on from... We'll yell about that from the, the from the, the movie talk, and we'll we'll transition a little bit to the Bucks because not really news, but Rashad White, <clears throat> he was in the Fox 13 studios yesterday. Yeah. Rashad White, your star running back. Can I say the word star? He's going to be a star in my opinion. He's our <coughs> head. He's our starter running back, and if he has a good season, I think he has yes. a chance to become our star yeah. running back. Side note: Yes, Tim, I did say Openmeyer. I I don't or Oppenmeyer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I learned this in school, Tim. I'm pretty sure I must have tuned it out. Okay, it was all about getting the degree and getting the hell out. Okay, I don't know. I don't retain anything. Did not retain anything. Okay. Oh. And Tim, uh, please explain which Spider-Man is the best, hands down, please. Please say. So animated. I know. Please say one of the. Okay, animated. I'll wait for that answer. But anyway, back to the box. <laughs> I'm gonna freak out if he says anything else. So Rashad White speaking with Kevin O'Donnell at Fox 13, and he was asked for a bit of a prediction for the 2023 season, um, and. The quote here in Pewter Report, Matt Matera wrote an article about this one. He said, I saw Tristan Wirf said he believes that we can go 12-5. and five. <clears throat> I do believe that. I'm going to ride with Tristan. I believe we can win 12 games. From your Bucks running back Rashad Wright right there. Like he said, Tristan Wirf said the same thing as well. And then he said, for the reason why he feels so good about this year's team, I'm big on energy. That's the type of guy I am. So it sounds like there's a big or good energy rather in the building right now. And that's interesting because I think there was always a lot of talk of which way this team was going to go on the other side of the Tom Brady era. Right. And I always thought that it'd be a good thing. You know, he's going to come in here, change the culture, and hopefully the Bucks can get can kind of ride some of that out here for the next whatever years Mm -hmm. and not be what the Bucks they were before Tom got here. And of course, last year did not go well. Yeah. 
it had me questioning that a little bit. Um, but the way these guys talk about it, you go what Tristan Wirf said, obviously he predicted 12-5. and five. You listen to what Rashad White said yesterday. You go and read the, the Carlton Davis interview with Tyler Dunn, which was fantastic, and the confidence that he has in his team. And then obviously you listen to Baker talk and all that, and he's always going to exude confidence. There is a, a pissed-off kind of nature yeah. around this team right now. They're seeing what everybody's writing in the national media, and they're seeing what everybody's talking about, how the Saints are the favorite, and the Panthers are up and coming, and the Falcons are up and coming, and nobody's talking about the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about the Bucks. And as we did this exercise a couple weeks ago here on the show, you go roster by roster in the NFC South. I will put the best 10 to 12 players on the Bucks up to the best 10 to 12 players on the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons any day of the week. I will go to bat for those guys. I think there's a lot of talent still remaining here. This team be- believes that. The division is still wide open. I don't think it's out of the question. I'm not going to go 12 wins. Yeah. By no means am I saying 12 wins. I think that's... I'd love if, for that If you happen, win 12 but... games with Baker Mayfield at quarterback, I mean, well, Todd Bowles and Dave Canales deserve Wait. all the praise in the world. Yeah. And you're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and I don't think they're that. As I've yeah. been saying, I think that they are more an 8-9 to nine football uh, win football team. Does that get you in the playoffs? Maybe. The division's going to have to be as bad as it was last year. Yeah. But this idea that they're going to be picking in the top five of the draft next year, as I've been saying over and over, I just refuse to believe. I don't and I think this team refuses to believe that. They hear it, and they have a lot of motivation to go out there and prove that, yeah, Tom Brady's not here anymore, but you know what? There were a lot of effing guys on this team who were very, very helpful to helping the Bucks be what they were the last few years, and yeah. they're all still in the building yeah. going into this season. You can look at these quotes two ways, if you're an NFL fan or an NFL NFL team. You can see them as being cocky or, or dumb, and the kind of thing they'll put your targets on, your, on their back. But when I look at it as a Bucks fan, what I see is this is a team that's, like you said, pissed off, but also like it's a... They seem like a really united, I'll, I'll use this word, brotherhood. You know, they're ready to do this. Yes. They know their expectations, and they're ready to, like, go out there and prove them wrong. And it makes you, it makes me proud to see the confidence they have, and it makes me, and it really makes me want to root for them, you know? Like, if they, if they do, as they say, if they do get, you know, have that winning record and they make the playoffs, it'll be one of my most proud moments as a Bucks fan, because that's the kind of thing you want to see. I think these players, like, kind of, like, realize, like, you know, even when, when t- we saw it all the time, when Tom Brady got here, he kind of got most of the credit for things, even when he wasn't playing that good. So for a lot of these guys now, this is their chance to, like, really stand out, you know? Like, you can't put Tom Brady in the conversation because he's not there. It's just you just got to look at them and their performance. That's it. So I think they realize that they, ha- they have a chance to, you know, grab the spotlight, and they're going to try to take it. Yeah, and I think the biggest question with this team remains what's going to ha- what's what's going on with Todd Bowles. Yeah, Todd Bowles has that's got to be the, better. Yeah, that's um, the only question mark in my mind. It's hard for me to sit here and tell you that I'm a huge believer because I have five years of him as being a head coach to go off of, mm-hmm. and the record you are what your record is. Granted, it was the Jets, but still, it, it is. But we saw what happened last year <laughs> with a lot of really good players, and it, it's not just Todd. I mean, we we know all the issues. Don't yeah. need to go back down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But he was overseeing it, and his in-game management. Was not good. The usage of the timeouts, uh, the accountability factor, obviously, those are kind of things that I marked against Todd Bowles last year, which you don't want to see, especially offense. in year five. Uh, and even his defense, I thought, was a bit soft last year, yeah. especially against the great competition. So those things have to be better, and Dave Canales has not called the play, but as we've been saying, you listen to the guy talk. He seems to know what he's doing. You, you come off feeling so confident 
that he's going to figure this out. And this team, in regards to this quarterback competition, because they're calling it a competition. It's Baker. Dave, Dave Canales is running this like he did with Seattle, and I don't think there's no foul, there's no harm, no foul doing that. Mm-hmm. It worked for him in Seattle, and there's a lot of examples of that working around the league. But this is Baker Mayfield's team. Yeah. If, if, if He's only been here for three months. And they're promoting and that guy feels, everywhere. Yes, and it feels like it's Baker Mayfield's team already. You barely see, like, uh, uh, Kyle anywhere. You really don't. Yeah, it feels like Baker. And when you listen to the players talk, I mean, they all, they all have confidence in Baker. Um, sidebar, I have under very good authority that Mr. Wirfs and Mr. Coquive were out on the town last night having Ooh. a good time. Very good authority on that one. Okay, um, yeah, having a good time and everything. And um, the, who I got this from? He said he went up to Tristan and talked to him and said he he said Baker's a good one. Nice is what Tristan said. And again, that's he that's kind of echoing what we've heard other players say this entire off season uh, that they believe and they want to go ride for Baker. So if I, if he has the confidence of the players already, well now you got to go out there and do it. Yeah. And as we've been saying, I mean Baker Mayfield, he's turned the ball over more than anybody since he's come to the league in 2018. You can't get away from that. But when he worked the best in this league in 2019, that's when he had an outstanding running game, or 2020, that is, outstanding running game with Nick Chubb. A team that believed in him. A team that believed in him, obviously. He was the leader of that one. They had a lot of talent. I think the Bucks have similar talent to the offense that he had in Cleveland then. And you have a young up-and-coming offensive coordinator that I think is going to do the best he can to get the best out of him. Yeah, and... You know, he had to go through that like arm injury, which just I think destroyed his confidence. So, he did the twenty. Then, so that's more the twenty twenty two season was like a wash, or twenty twenty one was like a wash for Baker. Yeah, that was that's on the Browns. Like I blame them for that. Last year was just kind of weird, but like you know, a lot of awful situation in Carolina. Yeah, a it lot was of athlete, no win situation there. A lot of athletes can have that issue. So I, I I'm not giving up hope on him. I'm not saying he's going to be like what we had when Tom Brady was at his peak, but I think he could still do you know pretty good. I just need him to be efficient, man. And I know that's easier said than done. I'm asking the guy that has the most turnovers in the NFL since he came to the league in 2018 to be efficient Mm -hmm. and to not do those things. I know that's a lot easier said than done. It's easy to just say it on this show. But I think this offense is going to run through Rashad White. Yeah. I mean, although I will be be honest, and I don't like trash talking this guy, but if he had been a starter for the past three years, Jameis would probably lead the league in (laughs) turnovers, not, not Baker. You know what? You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You were just saying that, and I think in my head, I'm like, yeah, but will he turn the ball as much as James? You're probably right. Yeah. And we had both of them. So, uh, there you go. Those are the comments from Rashad White, feeling confident about the Bucks. And aside, another, uh, just a little little bit of a Bucks nugget. I came across this clip yesterday from the I Am Athlete podcast from Brandon Marshall, UCF alum. Go Knights yeah. charge on. Uh, but they've been doing these kind of rankings on ESPN. It's not ESPN rankings, necessarily. They're just the outlet that's promoting it. These top tens at every position which in the grand scheme of things I guess really don't mean much, but you know they're from the players, executives, and coaches around the league, and I take stock in those people's opinions. And with that being said, I've seen some of these rankings, and I, I mean, again, I haven't played the game. They're more under authority to say things about these players than I am. But the receiver rankings in particular, Mike Evans was not listed as a top 10 receiver in the NFL. He, was, he got votes is what they said. Okay. Who's on the list? He got votes, and I'm just going to say this one more time. Mike Evans has been in the league for, what, eight seasons so far? Eight, nine. If I got it right, I want to get it completely right because I always forget if it's eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There you go. Nine seasons in the NFL for Mike Evans. Nine straight 
1,000-yard receiving campaigns with Josh McCown, Mike Glennon, Jameis Winston. Winston, and obviously Tom Brady. The, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now with Baker Mayfield, he will probably put up 1,000 yards again. Mm-hmm. And if he does it for a 10th straight season, he's going to break Jerry Rice's. Jerry Rice. Yep. Consensus best receiver in NFL history. He's going to break his record for most consecutive 1,000-yard seasons in NFL history. And this guy continues to just not get his due. Yeah. Uh, I saw things going on on Twitter a month ago. They Sometimes these things go viral where it's like name a player that, you know, puts up numbers, but you never understood the hype. And a lot of people were saying Mike Evans. And I just don't understand that. He was trending the other day, too, for <laughs> most underrated players. So, like, I think there's, like, It goes back and mix. forth. Yeah, it's a lot of people think he's overrated. Uh, some people think he's underrated. Uh, I'll tell you who thinks he's underrated, and I put a lot of stock in his opinion because he played the game at a high level, and that's Brandon Marshall. So I wanted to play this clip yesterday from Brandon Marshall explaining why the NFL got it wrong here on their rankings, and specifically with Mike Evans. So right now we're talking about the ESPN's top ten NFL wide receiver rankings. And if you look at it, there's some amazing names on there. But there's no Mike Evans. What else does Mike Evans need to do to show and prove to everybody in the football community that he's that guy? Nine years in a row of over a 1,000 receiving yards. Had guys coming off the streets throwing him the ball. Now he has Baker Mayfield and he's going to do it again. This dude is about... To break Jerry Rice's record for the most consecutive 1,000 plus yards a year. And we still won't even put him in a discussion, let alone on a list. This is disrespectful to Mike Evans. Mike Evans should be upset. He should boycott the NFL and all the NFL fans and all the writers that's discussing the top 10 and won't put him in there. And that's my thoughts on Mike Evans and his whole top 10 discussion. Okay, I think Brandon said it as best as I ever could. Yeah. Better than I ever could. That's my guy right there. You see it? Shout out Brandon Marshall yeah. for speaking the gospel right there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's true. Mike Evans. Maybe don't maybe don't boycott the NFL. We still need you. But. Mike Evans is going to be, he's 29 years old. I mean, he's still, he came in the league so young. He's only 29, I believe. Yeah. We are watching. Don't, this is a Hall of Fame player. And, I, and listen, I, I hate the fact that it, I say that, even though actually I don't know, because it's so hard as a receiver, as we talked about the other day, yeah. to get into the Hall of Fame. For whatever reason, the standards are raised significantly for receivers to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't get it. I don't know why Torrey Holt's I, not in the Hall yeah. of Fame. I don't know why Isaac Bruce had to wait a while. I, I just Andre Johnson, I don't understand why he can't get much pub on this. I don't know. I think he. W- I think he will one day, but he might have to wait a little bit. He's probably going to have to wait because he was never thought of for whatever reason during his time. But there were a few years there where I think, consensusly around the NFL, you would have said he was a top five, six receiver, but probably five or six. Yeah. And I think that's exactly where Mike has been for most of his career. And as I've always said, if you give me eight, seven to eight consistent years where I rank you right at the, around that area, mm-hmm. and you're consistent like that, and you're getting a thousand yards with this team, with some of the quarterbacks he's had to play with. I think absolutely you're a Hall of Famer. But in the general context of what it means for this year, you look at the list, and as Brandon said there, there are a lot of really good names on that list. But what strikes me about this list, it's all the guys who are are flashy. Yeah. Like A.J. Brown is ahead of them. D.K. Metcalf is on that list. Okay. Terry McLaurin's on that list. C.D. Lamb's on that list. And, 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 And specifically for Terry McLaurin, who I think, again, I think he's a very underrated receiver around the league. 
He produces with crap at the quarterback position year he's, in and year out. He's like a young Mike Evans. When but you Mike Evans has been doing that his entire career, yeah, save the yeah. last three seasons. Yeah. No, that's the thing, too. And, like, it, it so annoys me because, like, I, every now and then you'll see this get brought up on social media and people be like, well, he had Tom Brady thrown to him. Now he's got Baker Mayfield. He's not going to hit 1,000. It's like... I would argue he wasn't even at his, his best years. We're not even with yeah, Tom it's Brady. Like, it's, like, it's like, dude, he put this up with Mike Glennon, Josh McAllen as his QB. Like, he's had worse Patrick, quarterbacks. Jameis, all these things. Yeah, he's had worse quarterbacks, and he's done great. And, he, and he's always out there. He plays through injuries. He embodies what it's like to be an NFL player and a buck. He's Mr. Buck. Like, he, he's the he's, greatest offensive buck of all time. Maybe Mike Allscott, but... It, well, no, 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 it's Mike. But Tristan might have something to say about that by the time he gets to the end of his career. But okay. for right now, all, okay, well, Mike Evans yeah. is the greatest offensive buccaneer of all time. There's no doubt about it. You're penciling him into the ring of honor. You're probably... You're, in my opinion, you're putting him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I can't say enough about Mike Evans, and I think it's a shame that he does not get talked about in the same discussion as some of the other receivers. Like he, his career has basically taken place during He's the, the most same time. Consistent wide receiver of my <laughs> lifetime. I, I, I think he really is. He's up there. He's up there. He's up there. But again, we love flashy. We fall in love with flashy receivers. Yeah. And Mike's not flashy. He's not. Mike's not flashy. He just goes out there and he bullies people on the football field and he gets the job done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess the only time he's flashy is when he gets into fights with people. But. <laughs> I guess. But, he, again, like Brandon then said there, he's going to put up 1,000 yards again with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. It's going to be 10 in a row. He's going to set the NFL record, which Jerry Rice owns, which I think is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And so your, t- your top 10 list, players, coaches, and executives, I think is false. I think it's very false. Yeah. And I, I put more stock into these, by the way, than the Madden ratings. Don't even get me started on those. We already have that conversation. I, I don't I'm, think, not, I'm not going down that right. I don't think the people that, are, that make the Madden games are watching. They're a bunch of nerds that don't watch football. The games. I mean, we're still putting Jalen Ramsey as the number one corner. My goodness, please. They didn't play that much, guys, man. Like, come on. What Whatever. They're just lists. But again, this is the Bucks should feel disrespected. Yeah. They should feel disrespected. It all goes into one conversation. General idea here. The Bucks are being massively disrespected. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll scream about it. But in the end of the day, it's probably a good thing. It's gonna. I like a pissed-off football team. I do, too. They hate the way last year ended. They know there's better in them. Let's let's stay See healthy, that? please. Let's not have any Ryan Jensen incidents happen on the first day of training camp next week. Please, let's cross our fingers there. And let's get after it, because I'm ready for football season. I am, too. I'm jacked. I'm so ready. I'm jacked. And the way the Rays are playing right now, I could use some football I can in my use life. It. No, seriously, I was going to say this when we were talking about them. The Rays have been so bad lately, I have to go back and look up old Lightning and Bucks highlights just to remind myself what a good (laughs) team I root for looks like. Uh, The Rays are a good team. At the end of the day, they are. Good yeah, but uh, yeah, well, okay. not right now. Old, old race in general, highlights. they old are race a good race team. You can That's go, fair. you can go revisit twenty nine and seven to start the season. If yeah, you I, I do that too. I'll do that too every now and then. Right. All right, we'll take a break. Oh, wait, there. hold on. Oh, go hold ahead. On, go on. ahead. Before we go to break, we have to look at the comments and say see what Tim meant when he said best <laughs> Spider Man film. Go ahead and read yeah, that. Tim's off his rocker. I saw it. And I just I read completely it. no read it. I don't want to read it. Read it. I don't have to read. I'm going to read it. There's a lot of comments I don't read. Both animated Spider Man movies are better than any of the live action ones. Tommy McGuire sucks. I don't agree with that last part, but I agree that's with the a, first that's part. A, that's an awful take. Awful take, Tim. Okay. Spider-Man 3, fair. First two are, are nice to watch, but thank you for agreeing with me that both animated Spider-Man movies are the best ones. I just, I, I don't know what your eyes are showing you. Tobey Maguire sucks? Really? Really? No, no, no. no. We're not focusing on that. <laughs> we're, we're focusing on what I said. They're they not, they're not better. Yeah, they are. They're not better. You never saw the first one. You can't even say that, dude. 
I, I saw the second one and it put me to sleep. I, it literally put me to sleep. you saw it at like 9 o'clock at night. No, it actually put me to sleep. I didn't understand it. It ended very anticlimactic. Because you need to watch the first one. It was anti Because it's it a ended. part one. <clears throat> going to part two. Listen, it's awful. I'm done having this discussion. You're wrong. Tim's wrong. Anybody that thinks an animated Marvel movie is better than one that's real is full of crap. Is full of crap. Okay. Okay? Okay. And with that... Okay. We're going to break. It's fine. We're going to break. I I just can't be here. And in fact, I'm I'm turning your mic off so you can't say anything else. <clears throat> All right, let's take a break. Let's cool down. Digest these bad takes that keep coming in through here with my partner today and from Tim. Very unfortunate to see Tim. I thought there was better in you. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll go through more of uh, the news today. The Jordan Addison. Stop getting. What are you doing? Listen, I can't hear you. I muted you. That's the whole point. Let's take a break. Back in three. Stay with us here on a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents 
and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, back here on a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. We've had a great week. A little bit of an unorthodox week with uh, JP traveling and and doing some work-related stuff out there in Vegas, but he will be back on Monday in the flesh in studio, I was told this morning. So always nice to get him in the studio, which if you don't know, he's he's undergoing a little bit of a move to Orlando at the moment. So that's why he's in Orlando a lot doing remotes, but he comes back here. Uh, about a couple times a week, three times a week or whatever it is at the moment before he gets settled in uh, to be in studio, which I do not want that schedule. Driving super early in the morning from Orlando to Tampa. I made that drive. I made that drive a lot. And it then sucks. back to Tampa to Orlando in the same day. Does oh, not yeah. sound fun. But, no, it is not. But he's committed to the show, so there you go. All right, now that we've unmuted you after those takes, <clears throat> let's continue. with. No. Let's continue here on. Uh, A lot of NFL news kind of coming out yesterday. This story in particular just grinds my gears, if I can use that that saying there. Such a dad saying. It's a family guy saying. Jordan Addison, Vikings rookie, 
First-round pick at a USC outstanding receiver at USC, might I add. Uh, yesterday, cited for going 140 miles per hour on a freeway in St. Paul in a 50-mile-per-hour zone after 3 a.m. <clears throat> observed after a patrol officer observed a driver in a Lamborghini Urus traveling 140 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone, made a traffic stop, the trooper did, and identified Addison as the driver, and it says in Minnesota, drivers who are cited for speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour can have their licenses revoked for at least six months. As a reminder, Viking rookies are due to report to training camp on Sunday. You know, I come across this story yesterday, <clears throat> and all you can do is shake your head at why this stuff continues to happen with athletes, Yeah, where we feel the need to get behind a car in the wee hours of the night, during the middle of the week, it doesn't really matter, but in the middle of the week, and you want to drive that fast in your in your Lamborghini. Was he drunk or <coughs> was he sober? It doesn't sound like anything like that happened. I think that would have been reported by now. Okay. But for whatever reason, as I asked yesterday on Twitter, what could possibly be the reason to do something so stupid like this? Do I have to go back down Henry Ruggs? Do I need to bring no. that example back up to everybody? That shouldn't... You think that'd no, be a wake-up no. call for everybody? To be fair, no, that shouldn't even need... That shouldn't even need to be used. Like that's just common sense. Like it, it seems like it'd like, be common like, sense. Like first, like look. First of all, like we are. <laughs> that he's extremely enough lucky that nothing happened there. Like that could have killed somebody. You're right. I, I, first of all, I mean, I, obviously, I don't have a Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, but well, like nice. the fastest I think I've ever driven was like 110. Yeah. Maybe. And that was like on that's on like State Road 60 when you're going towards like Yeehaw Junction and there ain't a right. soul out there. Right. Right, and you could really get onto it, but once you get to that point, it kind of feels like, all right, I need to slow down. Yeah, I've done I, that. I can't yeah. imagine going 140, especially in a 50 mile per hour zone. I was, yeah, I was saying like that. that. I'm like, how the heck did he even get that? I don't high? see the reason. Like, again, I don't see the reasoning for it. But I'm just, can we be smarter, please? And especially yeah. if you're Jordan Addison, you know, you just got drafted. You're in the NFL. You're about to enter training camp. And what do they say all the time before you leave training camp? Let's stay out of trouble. Yeah. Let's stay out of trouble. No issues. Let's come back and let's get ready to work for this season. You got, and then you go do something like that. You got your future ahead of you, man. Like just <clears throat> If you're the Minnesota Vikings, that scares me. Yeah. I don't want to overblow it completely. It's a yeah. young kid. But that scares me a little bit out of my first round pick that I just invested a pretty high draft capital in yeah. and money and all those things and he has a great future ahead of him on the field. To do something so stupid like that, just can we have better judgment, please? Yeah. And this goes for all athletes. I'm not just chair. I'm not just singling out Jordan Addison. He's just yeah. the latest example. I see this way too often, and I just don't get it. Yeah, and like I hate it because like you know you have all these people who like hate watching the NFL. Are like <laughs> see that's what they all are. You know like that that terrible narrative that all the guys playing the NFL are horrible people or criminals. No, no, they're not. But it's st stupid stuff like this that gives them like bad reputations. Yeah, let's just be smarter. Yeah, like. I don't know, dude. Like, let's just be lucky that, you know, nothing horrible happened. And, I mean, yep. you know, like you said, he's a young guy, so hopefully he can learn from this and, uh, you know. All right. Other couples, other stories in the NFL world, significant ones. First off, we have a new owner of the Washington Commanders. And we go from something bad to something good. Very good. Thank the God, Daniel Snyder is finally finally gone. Yes, the new majority Thank owner God. of the Washington Commanders, Josh Harris, and Magic Johnson, I believe, is a minority owner. Oh yeah, as part of this whole group that they have going on over there. So the NFL owners unanimously voted that one. What's it say about somebody if you get unanimously voted off? 
well, of being not, an owner. That's not the only thing. They find that guy like $60 million for like workplace conduct right, violations. Right, and that goes into the follow-up here. Uh, Dan Snyder was fined $60 million after an independent investigation concluded he sexually harassed a team employee and that the team withheld revenue from the NFL. And that fine against Snyder represents 1% <coughs> of the final sell price, which is $6.05 billion. The largest sell for an American sports franchise, if I have that correctly. Yeah. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah. For a franchise like this that has had its fair share of off-the-field... Has, yeah. has the worst stadium, <coughs> has like lost so much in the past few years. Has been very has dysfunctional been for a long time. Under all this chaos. <coughs> under all this chaos, and they still sold for $6.5 Yeah, and that's the annoying thing, too. Like This guy like deserves to... like Daniels, after everything that Snyder has done, he's, in my mind, he deserves nothing. And yet, and he's going to walk away with this much money. Well, he'll go away. He'll go away. I don't know. Like, <coughs> like you know, every day, all the time, we'll come on this show and we'll complain about, like, Stu Sternberg, all these terrible MLB owners. They look like saints compared to this and, guy. And what's, he, what's so crazy about this, this story with Dan Snyder and how this all came to light, if you recall, this was because of John Gruden uh, yeah. <coughs> that this all came out. It's funny how these things work. This all came out because of the whole email scandal with with John Gruden and the racist tropes and the homophobic language and yeah. all those things uh, that we don't need to really go back down. But that was really the crux of how all this Dan Snyder stuff came to light. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously Gruden paid for it. I don't think he'll ever coach again. No. Um, and I'm fine with that, quite frankly. He wasn't doing that good, in my mind, anyways, as a coach. So. Yeah, I mean, he's a name and all those things. But yeah. you get my point. But. This, at the end of the day, really took Dan Snyder down. And the way, to me, if you're going to own an NFL franchise, I mean, there's only 32 of these things. It's a money-making machine year in and year out. The revenues are unbelievable that the NFL are making right now, um, and now worldwide as well. Yep. Have a franchise run by somebody with the character of a Dan Snyder, and to your point, the dysfunction since he took over the team in, what, 1999? Yeah. Uh, for the large part of that there, they just have not been a good football team. They've made questionable decisions on the field. They've yep. made questionable decisions off the field. Uh, saw the story yesterday, Jay Gruden, uh, John's brother, yeah. who was the head coach of Washington, that Dan Snyder used to override him in making player personnel decisions, and Dan Snyder had no had no uh, authority to do those things, at least from an from a on-the-field standpoint. He didn't have that knowledge yep. to make those decisions, but he would often override Jay Gruden, who didn't understand it. So just so much dysfunction, yeah. name changes, the worst stadium in the NFL. We're leaking. We got things breaking. We almost took Jalen Hurts' leg out. I mean, this, the this Sean Taylor <clears throat> statue. Remember that? Yes. It just there's been no goodwill with this with this yeah. franchise for like, a long time. Like, I mean, you say this is what takes takes him down, and that's true. But here's my question: How the heck did he even need to go this far? I mean, look <laughs> at everything that came out before. Then you had, you know, the uh, let's let's just pull up a list here. Uh, let's see. He sued a bunch of people, including like elderly an elderly woman because she reneged on her season tickets despite because of the uh, financial collapse in 2008. Despite the fact that he said they had a waiting list, you had that cheerleader controversy where they were sent to I think it was like Port, one of the islands as a as escorts where they were forced to take topless photos right you what else did you have here you had the Redskins name thing which yes I know there's debate about it I'm not getting into it here's what I will say he made it worse with all of his comments and like just being like oh we'll never change the name all that stuff just like acting like a complete asshole about it the entire time part of my language 
And then it's just the terrible product on the field year after year. I mean, like, remember his first year, he just threw his money at, like, everything, but it was, like, all these old, like, washed-up players. Like, he was building, like, right. the 1990s all-pro all bowl team in the year 2000. And then, you know, all these terrible free agent signings. Like, remember Albert Hainsworth and all that stuff. He brought in Marty Schottenheimer, who was looking like he could be pretty good, and then he thought, nah, screw it, threw him away to bring in Steve Spurrier, who did not do well. It's just one terrible thing after another. Kirk Cousins, let Kirk, him get away. Kirk Cousins, yeah, because they treated him terribly. They, uh, Trent Williams, they botched that thing. They found a spot in this head, told it was nothing. That the great, spot the best in. left tackle of this generation, yeah. they let walk. Yeah, and I don't blame him because <laughs> they told him a spot on his head was nothing. That spot turned out to be cancer. Right. Like, just all these terrible Horrible things. franchise. Yeah, and then they're like, they, they're they begging for more money, despite the fact that their stadium's terrible. They, he's the reason that we got to pay to go to training camp now, because he brought that. He's, you know, he's, he's uh, it's like 100, it's so expensive to park just to get to the stadium. It's like the worst atmosphere. Like, you know, you'll see, see them being like, we need a new stadium because the location's terrible. No, it's because in my mind, and I know this is true, fans are just giving up because they just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And and Josh Harris takes over this this team here, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's got a, and he's got a lot of uh, he's already got a lot of investments. He uh, owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, Crystal Palace, and the English Premier League soccer team there. So he's got a lot on his plate. And I also believe he joined NASCAR, if I'm not mistaken, not too long ago with Stuart Haas Racing as well. So he's got a lot on his plate, but he's got a lot of work to do to make this franchise back to being a good state. And I think with Magic Johnson there, Magic's not going to have his name tied to a dumpster fire. Nope. <clears throat> so I think they're going to do good things. Then I saw this, too, this morning. Apparently Magic Johnson said the team wants to consider a name change I after this season. This would be almost unprecedented, I think, to have yeah. two name changes in the span of three years. But I think we can all admit the, the commander's moniker Sucks. Was, was awful from the moment they announced it. Um, it's so basic. What what, it, what is a commander? What was like the one name they were thinking about, like Red Tails or something? That's not at awesome. There was a lot, and a lot that go into kind of the yeah. the Washington kind of theme there. Yeah, uh, like Sentinels, I think was one that was brought yeah. up. Senators, I think. Uh, I what saw. was it? Red? Was it Red Hawks or something like Red that? Red Hawks, something. Like, I don't know. You know, I've seen a lot of people online, and I know some of this is probably just like trolling, but like they're like they should go back to the <laughs> Red Redskins. Wolves. It was the Red Wolves. The the uh, oh, the yeah. eight finalists. Part of them were the Ar- Armada, the Presidents. That, please. No. The Brigade, please. The Red Hogs. That, that'd be cool. The Commanders, the Red Wolves, and the Defenders. Red, um, Red Wolves sounds awesome. <clears throat> the Red Wolves, and I think there's a connection. I'm not entirely sure of this, but I I think there is. But there's a connection, yeah. I believe, there to um, the Washington area, which made that name really popular. Same thing with Red Hogs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be welcome. I had to tell you, the Washington football team, for as gimmicky and as lazy as it sounded at the better time, better than the Commanders. I don't know the Washington football team. And if you read the thread here that was posted on Twitter, everybody's talking about just go back to Washington. That kind of grew on me. It did too. Like it, it had did that old-fashioned like kind of look. Like it, it felt like it worked. <laughs> like the way it came up was so lazy, but like it, it, it grew on me. And I, I do want to say this. Like I was kind of mentioning it. Like. I've seen a lot of people, and I know this is probably just trolling, saying, like, they should go back to the Redskins name. Uh, no. And I'll tell you why. It's because that name is toxic. Not because of the name American, but to go back to the guy we were just talking about. When I hear that name, I am forever going to think of Dan Snyder and how he ran that team well, into the ground. Well, regardless, 
Well, sure, but I think a lot of people, when they think of the Redskins, they think of the heyday in the 80s, the three Super Bowl victories. Yeah. Regardless of what you think about the name, you can't deny it, it was one of the more historic names in the NFL. Yeah. It was very unique. Yep. Uh, don't I don't have any interest in going down the discussion about not either. why the name I'm, was I'm taken not, away. I'm not touching that. Um, but it was taken away. There's no way you can ever go back to it. Dan just, it's just yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, in, especially in my mind, again, Dan Snyder tainted that legacy. Regardless of how you feel about the name, it has become a very controversial thing yeah. um, in the country. So there's no but, reason, especially yeah. when you're trying to you know, make your way out of dysfunction to go back to something like yeah. that. That is going to like, be divided. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's just you know, either stay with the name or pick something that's kind of <laughs> cool that avoids that stuff, and let's just focus on the football. Because you know? in my mind, like just getting rid of Dan Snyder, the future is bright for the Washington Commanders or whatever they choose to be in the future. Are they going to be the Are they going to be the winner of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes that we're doing here? Uh, yeah. Are they going to be that bad? Is that a sweepstakes though? Like how many times? Like because I don't know. Like I know he's a high prospect, but I I don't know if I'm missing miss uh getting mixed up with someone else. But he's the USC quarterback, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that's and, what I thought. And, and he yeah. he's a unique case because. Yeah, no, when you think of the USC quarterbacks, they're calling him they gen- they're calling him generational. And if you listen yeah. to my if you listen to my uh, analysis on Victor Wambanyama, I hate using the word generational to describe kids. Yeah, I think it's I think it's unneeded pressure. It's just typical media fodder, and it has like if you want to use that word for some people, like I said, LeBron James clearly we could all see was generational. And Victor Wimbanyama, in my opinion, is, is not in that league. See, I heard the same things about Trevor Lawrence. I heard the same things about Andrew Luck. <clears throat> they kind of proved it. Andrew Luck just, you know, got injured. and Right, know, and Trevor Lawrence had, had last, year when he, Meyer. last year, when he got a rid- away from Urban Meyer, now he's has turned himself into, my opinion, a top seven whatever quarterback in the NFL already. Right. And has big things coming for him going forward. See, I don't view Caleb Williams as a better pro this I, is just I, me. I don't see it. I see him as a good potential. He I don't view him a as a better prospect than a Trevor Lawrence was. And that's like, just me. Yeah. No, I get it. For me personally, he's coming out of USC since maybe like Carson Palmer, like when was the last time they produced a good quarterback? Do we really need to go down that well, list? Well Matt Leinert was supposed to be that guy. Leinert, Did not work no. out. <clears throat> Mark Sanchez. No. No. Sam Darnold. No. No. Like Matt Barkley, everybody I think, in between there. the Matt Barkleys of the world, the yeah. uh, uh, the what was his name? Oh my goodness, I'm blanking. I actually thought he was going to Cody Kessler. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They've always had really good college quarterbacks that have really not translated to the NFL. And even then, Car- <laughs> you can argue that Palmer didn't live up to his potential, although he played for. Some yeah, and, bad and by the way, teams. I think Caleb Williams is an outstanding prospect. Yeah. I'm not taking that away. I'm from not him. taking that. Away. I just hate putting no. the word generational tagline next to him. I agree with you. Especially because I feel like they do it like way too much and nowadays. The thing they're saying now is that he's Mahomes in college. Like Mahomes was not Mahomes in college. He yeah. became obviously what he is now. But they're saying that he plays like Mahomes at USC. And I just that's a wild no. thing to say in no. my opinion. That's a wild thing to that's, say in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. And Less so in the NFL, more in the NBA. But I just feel like we use the word generational too much. Like, we'll be like, this is the most generational prospect of all time. And then, like, <laughs> two or three drafts later, we're saying it about the next guy. And it's just like... You know what else the word we use too much? What's that? And this is one of my pet peeves. Go ahead. I might have said it on here before. I can't stand the way... In fact, I know I've said it on here before. But I'm going to say it again. Screw it. I can't stand the word superstar. And the NBA is guilty of this more than anybody. That was one of my first days. <laughs> I think that might have been the first time I met you. I remember right. you going on this rant. Superstar to me is reserved for the elite. The el- this is the elite of the elite. These are the 
the first ballot Hall of Famers. These are the guys who the league runs through. The faces. The faces, if you will. Your top ten list. And I, yeah. No, not even top ten. Ten's too top many. Top five. Top five. Two and ten's too many, especially when it comes to the NBA. I say it. I think there's like six superstars in the NBA. LeBron, KD, uh, Jokic, because he won the title. Giannis, Steph, and, and I know this one always gets me heat, but Kawhi Leonard, because for his career, he's been a superstar. He's a three-time or two-time NBA champion. Uh, two-times final MVP, he's a superstar in my opinion. Those are the six superstars that have run the league for the last decade in the NBA. Yeah, you've changed. Yeah, you've honestly changed my mind on that. I've kind of realized nobody else is a, nobody else much. is a superstar. We had this whole they're discussion. They're stars. They're 100%. stars. There are, and this is for every sport. There are superstars, which is like five or six guys deep, and then there is stars, the top of the top. which is probably like a ten to fifteen area. Right, you're, depending you're, on what time of time you're living in, you got your good guys, and then you go to your really good players, and then we just keep going like yeah. that. That's how I judge it. But we throw out the word superstar all the time. Yeah, no, I've kind of started to agree with you on that because, like, in my mind, superstar should be like the guy like that can like you know, oh, like carry like you have to overcome. You flaws. have to you have to drive the bus. Not to use the Charles Barkley analysis here, but you need to be the bus driver. Yeah. You need to win championship. And you need to be other outerworldly at what you do. Yeah, that to me is what defines a superstar. Like if you were to look at the NFL, who are the superstars of the NFL right now? Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> probably Justin, Aaron Donald, Justin, Justin Jefferson. No, he, he can he be, he will become one. I I believe in that. Yes, but I'm i yeah I need more totality is of your he's, is totality he's of your career. <clears throat> is it because he's just young? He's only like in his third or fourth. Yes, year. I need more. Okay. I need more. Right, I need that's, more to go fair. off of. That's fair. I think I know. I think he's the best receiver in the league. Okay. Okay. So that's right. Fair. That's fair. All Brady right. obviously was in that discussion. Rodgers is in that discussion for his career. Yeah. It's the guys who have won consistently, been at the top, MVPs, all those things. Those are the superstars of the league. So you're not putting up Joe Burrow, no Josh Allen. Joe Burrow's close. If Josh you, Allen is if, not there for me. If Joe Burrow had won that Super Bowl, would you put him on that list? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he would have won a championship already. You know, you win a championship, especially at the quarterback position. That's in most cases, that makes you a superstar. Like okay. that's obviously, I'm not putting Nick Foles in that discussion, or some of these other guys. Some, He's it, a superstar in Philadelphia's heart, though. Yes, of course he is. But, but yeah, in general, though, that's one of my big pet peeves with sports. That's fair. Actually, you have me interested. Then, who is your list of superstars then in the NFL? Obviously, Mahomes. And NFL's Aaron tough. There's so many positions. Yeah, to go right. Because like, because like, it's a lot harder to win a championship then. Because like, it's hard because the NFL is so many players, but the but the quarterback is usually the ones who are driving the bus for the most part. Right. Right. It's it, the NFL's a little harder. The NBA is a better discussion for it because there's five guys on the court all the time, and usually every championship team has a bus driver. Yeah. And I'm just saying, those six guys I named, I think you can't argue, are the six guys who have run the league over the past decade or so. Yeah. So the NBA is an easier discussion than to make it, you know, about hockey or, you know, baseball or football. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So maybe I'm just saying it's an NBA only thing for me. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But that's anyway, fair. there's there's my uh, there's our NFL discussion for the day. A lot of news coming out of Washington and everything. And we'll keep it going. We'll come. We'll take a break here, pay some bills. We'll come back. A lot of soccer interest going on right now. I have to get to Women's World Cup tonight against Vietnam. I don't know why I keep saying Vietnam. 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 Every country song loves to see, loves to say it, Vietnam. And now yeah. I keep saying it. it's Vietnam. <clears throat> yeah. And a certain player is going to be making his debut yes, tonight. Yes, a certain player is making his debut tonight. Uh, we're going to get a little bit back into the NFL with the Jets because I think they're clearly the most interesting team of the offseason. we got hard knocks coming there. Rogers spoke yesterday. Thought he said some interesting things, so we'll dive into that. 
maybe circle back to the Rays and finish that discussion. But a lot to do here in the Jay Peter Show in our last 30 minutes or so here on a Friday. As always, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, Incorporated EPI, and American Mortgage Services. Back in three. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. 
And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back on a Friday here as we inch closer to the end of the week here. It's been a great week. Not for the Rays. Not for the Rays by any means, partner, but we're almost to the end of the week. It would have been nice to break down a Rays win. Seriously. At I some point the... this week, but... Hopefully when we get back on Monday. It was not in the cards. Hopefully we get back on Monday. Uh, hey, I wanted to mention this because this hit me today. I saw it on Twitter earlier. I didn't mention it yet. Shame on me. But one of the, the greatest artists of all time, one of the goats, if you will, has left us today. Tony Bennett. Uh, passes away today at 96. That is a life right there, folks. 96 years old he goes. Um, <clears throat> Even in his later years, he was still producing with like people like Lady Gaga, man. He 
He was right. singing to the very right. end. Very accomplished career, one of the greats. And I was just playing some of his music in the break. And my favorite rendition all time, Silver Bells. I'm not going to sing. But Silver Bells, an absolute classic. So many other ones on there. I'm playing Christmas music here in the studio in July. It's immediately Christmas in July. I made it Christmas in July. Yeah. But yes, I just wanted to get that in there because that's one of the greats of all time. I've been scrolling through all these memories here. Um, yes, yeah, singing America the Beautiful before Game 1 of the World Series at Yankee Stadium in 1998. Look at that man right there. Yeah. Look at that jacket. Can't pull off a jacket and a tie like that, like Tony Bennett. So, yeah. rest in peace. We keep losing so many, but... Rest in peace to a legend. That's a life right there. Um, you will be missed. 96 years old will be missed, yes. All right, back to the NFL. <clears throat> back to the NFL, because we have hard knocks coming pretty soon. Um... The Jets, obviously, are the team that was... Were they forced to be on Hard Knocks? That's, can we call it that? Yeah. I guess we can call it that. They were forced to be on Hard Knocks, essentially. Considering news came out that they are apparently not going to like give them as much access as they would like. Right. I would assume they'd be for, they were forced. <clears throat> Hard Knocks is typically one of those shows... Like I have not tuned in as much to that show in, in recent years. I think it's become a bit... Um, They're running out of things to talk about in my It's mind. become a bit worn out, I think, at moments, and it could use a refresh, I think. Whatever that may be, but listen, the Jets. You, there's no doubt about it. They are the, they've been the, uh, the 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 off season team to like really get into and talk about when you land in Aaron Rodgers. Clearly, there's a lot of storyline there. <clears throat> Will they talk to Zach Wilson? Does he have the same feeling about who was going to come on and he was going to outwork him in practice and all those things? Yeah. Does he still feel that way? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: <clears throat> to all of us thinking that they're just going to go on here and just like you know talk crap about them one another. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But will they catch some things? Yeah, so Maybe. that should be fun to see. And for when it comes to the Jets in particular, um, I know like a lot of people are, are just using basic kind of thinking here and going, well, they won seven games last year with nothing at the quarterback position. Now they added Aaron Rodgers, and they're all talented, and they're going to win 10, 11, 12 games, and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't even have the Jets making the playoffs this year. <laughs> I honestly would agree with you on that. I, I just don't, okay? I think the – if I was Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if I – I said this before. I, I think going to the AFC at this point in his career, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I think it's almost career suicide because I just think until until further notice, that league is going to be run by Mahomes and Burrow. Yeah. And we'll see if Josh Allen can get his bills in the right direction, but I think there's something off with that team that's stopping them from getting there. But you look at the quarterbacks in the in the AFC. I'll go through them. Josh Allen. I'll start with. I'll go division by division. <clears throat> Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. The the great quarterbacks around the league are all, all in the, the are all in the AFC except for Jalen Hurts, but even then that was one year. He's to the to the point where Jalen Hurts is probably the best quarterback in the NFC, and finding a number two, I'm having to grasp: is it Dak? Is it Kirk? Is it Jared Goff? And I don't know. And that yeah. that shows you that's a sign of a weak conference. Yeah, that's, I know. If that's not if good. we're talking about those, and in all respect to those guys, I think they're all various levels of good. Yeah. But number two best quarterback in the conference, I don't know about that. Nope. <clears throat> So I just think it's going to be tough sledding, as it was last year in the AFC. And yeah. in particular in that division, I think the Jets are the third best team. That's, I just do. Yeah. They're better than the Patriots. I think everyone would I think the Patriots, that. and we, went, we talked about them on Wednesday, I think the Patriots are 
definitively the worst team in that division. Yeah. Certainly the least talented. I think the Jets are three. Yeah. I think they're a little early right now. Yeah. They're very young. They're very young. And we've seen young teams succeed. The Bengals are a great example of that. They got there rather quickly. But that was the quarterback driving that train. It really comes down to the fact of Aaron Rodgers making a change of scenery. Clearly, it was needed. I think the thing in Green Bay, and I think part of it's his doing, in my yeah. opinion. I don't like the way he acted last year with that no, team. Neither. Like, he didn't get along with his receivers. Can he get along with them now? Right. He's in a bigger media market, and he hates the now, media. Now, it's a little different when you're working with Romeo Dobbs and Christian well, rookies and all that stuff, whereas yeah. here's Garrett Wilson, and this is one of the this was the best rookie receiver last season and is one of the best up-and-coming in the league. Yeah. He got Alan Lazard, came with him. I think Alan Lazard's a, a good number two, and he works well with Rodgers. Uh, Brees Hall returning at some point from his ACL. Do they go and get Dalvin Cook? They've been flirting with him for a while. Let's see what happens there. Yeah. The Jets obviously had a great defense last season. Sauce Gardner. Make, a make or break season for the head coach, I think, and Robert Salah. That Joe is, Douglas yeah. has added a lot to this team. Um, I think it's a team that is going to win eight or – I think they're a nine-win team. I think they're a nine-win team, and I think they just miss out on the playoffs. Yeah. I do too, and it's just because it comes down to Rodgers. Because like, it's not even like the talent thing. Because like, we were talking about this during the break. Like, you see, he didn't do too good last year, and a lot of it you could blame was his receivers, but a lot of it was him. He was missing throws. He was starting to show his age a little bit. It was uncharacteristic of Rodgers. Yes, it's one year. You don't want to judge him on that. But he's got to prove is that a fluke, and or, look at or the, is age finally starting to hit? Look him? at the schedule. Yeah, this I was going to say. I was going to say I, the I schedule, schedule going into the bye week. Uh, marquee game Monday night against the Bills on on, on 9-11. Opening game. Opening game. Then at Dallas, that's tough. Uh, at home against New England. Okay. You can at play. home against Kansas City. Forget about it. Yep. Um, and then at Denver. And Denver, to me. Could be something. Denver with Sean Payton. I never doubt Sean Payton. I think you're going to get a lot better out of Russell Wilson this year. You're, fit, you're taking a great defense on. With the, Sean Payton. No matter what. <laughs> and then you've got the Eagles. And then the Eagles. In Philadelphia. So... I don't think it's as easy. The NFL is such a crapshoot. It's not as easy to go, okay, they're going to lose that, they're going to lose that. I'm just saying. And they haven't even faced Miami yet by that time. I'm just going to say, I think in those games, they're favored against New England. They're probably going to be favored against Denver, although in Denver, I think it's going to be tougher than what you think. And then I don't think they're going to be favored against Buffalo, Dallas, Kansas City, or Philadelphia. Nope. There's a realistic chance the Jets are 2-4. and four. By the time we get, they get to their bye week. Yeah. And then coming out of their bye week, they get the Giants, who are going to be are a, a playoff team. They were they a playoff mis- team. They, they are a mystery, but they got talent on that team. Saquon um, may not be there, but right? still, you don't want to count that out. The Chargers, who I'm not a big believer in, but they are talented. They are talented. Uh, Vegas, they probably win that yeah, game. Fine. Bills. And then back at Buffalo, and, and then at Buffalo. home against uh, Miami. So... Not really lets up after the bye week. Yeah. And then they get some of the cupcakes later you in got, the season. Yeah, like, you got Falcons, <clears throat> you got your Texans, but then you got Miami again. What's going to help them, the Jets, is they end with Washington, Cleveland, and New England. Three teams. And Cleveland, to me, is a wild card this season, too, because it's all going to be depending on what Deshaun, which Deshaun Watson you're going to get. Are you going to get a good one, or are you going to get the one we saw last year who was terrible? Right, and I, I tried to give him a pass a little bit, and obviously I'm not the biggest Deshaun Watson fan for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I tried to give him a pass a little bit from an on-the-field standpoint because he hadn't played in a long time, and he walked right in the middle of the season, all those things. So we'll see, but on the surface, ending the season with those three teams is very helpful. Yeah. It's very possible they go into New England with it, with it on the line if yeah. they're going to make the playoffs or not. But my, my gut right now is telling me this is a nine-win football team. And I think they could go lower than that. I really do believe that. It just At the end of the day to me, it comes down to Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback <laughs> play was what hurt them last year. 
it's going to make or break him this year. Yeah, and I like this quote, though, from Al Lazard because you're hearing a lot, and I do agree. I listened to, obviously, his whole press conference when he got introduced at the Jets. He seems to be handling things well when it comes to New York media and all this stuff, and he's one of those players that's not going to back down. We know that. Um, But he seems like he has a new mindset here, and sometimes it's all it takes is a new scenery late. And you look at Tom Brady, for crying out loud. It's a great example. Although I don't think the Jets' roster is what the Bucs was, in my opinion. But uh, Alan Lazard said that's not to say he was hard to play with in Green Bay. He was a little more like you have to pick it up. He's a little bit slower here. And realizing there's a lot of new players, he's taking his time. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how much he cares for those guys and how much he really just wants to put the icing on the cake as far as his career. Opening his arms, putting his hand out, trying to help guys, trying to teach. Those are not typically things we've been associating Aaron Rodgers with, especially at the end of his Packers career. So if you're looking for optimism in in New York right now, a team that could use some, that's a good thing to hear Alan Lazard say that because he has seen – all the versions of Aaron Rodgers throughout his career. Yeah, he's seen. What and it sounds like he's see. rejuvenated this year. Yeah, which you know <coughs> is good because I mean I know people don't like him, but like he hasn't like done anything like bad, bad. Like he hasn't done another Sean Watson kind of thing. And you know what? The league benefits when you have more talent because it's more fun to watch. So right. yeah, maybe. I just don't buy it as a Super Bowl contender. I don't either. I I don't. I don't. And that's believe- more if they were in the NFC. Oh, yeah. I could maybe get uh, on board because yeah. I think the NFC is a two-team conference right now. Yeah. I think Philadelphia and San Francisco, regardless of who their quarterback is, That's it. are easily the class of the, the NFC. Could be a surprise. Who knows? Yeah. And then the AFC. I don't know who it's going to be because there's just so many teams. The AFC, there's a lot of teams, but obviously the Bengals. favorites are, I think, forever, the favorites for the next 10 years are going to be the, the Chiefs and the Bengals yeah. because of those quarterbacks. Oh, maybe Bills, but still. I, I, my stock on the Bills is so low. Yeah. This, I think the this Bills... The Stephon thing is not... I, the Diggs well, thing is not helping them right now. I don't know. That whole thing has been weird to me. Yeah. But just in general, I think there's something off with the Bills. I don't... It's just one of those things you can't really pick out. I mean, Josh Allen was a turnover machine last year without yeah. Brian Dayball. They've got to find a way to run the ball better. I'm not sold on McDermott as a head coach. I don't... I think you can make an argument he's the third best head coach in his own division, in my opinion. Because huh? um, I think Mike McDaniel was an offensive genius. And that's look, one year, though. You want, let's, let's wait on that. It's one year, yes, but I, I'm projecting, I let's guess, that Mike McDaniel will be a better no. head coach. Okay. <clears throat> All right, that's fair. So, I'm my, I mean, so I fear the Bills might have missed their window Okay. just by a little but bit. But I'm rooting for them because like, that fan base is awesome, man. I'm not rooting for them that's because my, of my, experience, that's my, that's my, my experience at that Bills game that I went to a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I'm not rooting for them. Their wait, fans I, don't, I don't know this story. <laughs> what happened? You haven't heard this story? No, you haven't told me this. Uh, this is when I have a friend who's a Patriots fan. Oh, God. And last minute, this was during the playoff game 2022 wild card. Ooh. This was going to be a game that was in the negative, okay, with the temperature. Okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. And the tickets were really cheap. And he called me on, mm, what was it, Thursday. The game was on Saturday night. He's like, hey, tickets are really cheap. Like, I kind of want to go. Would you want And I'd never been on a plane before or any of this stuff, right? All right. So this was a big, quick, this was a big deal for me. And... At the game, the Patriots lost like 49 to like 17 or something like that. It was horrendous. It was a blowout. <clears throat> and Sean's wearing, his name's Sean, he's wearing his Mac Jones jersey and all that stuff. He's dressed in Patriots gear. I was just wearing a normal like red like jacket. I'm just trying to keep cold. And I thought red was a neutral. Well, not. I mean, the Bills have red in their colors, so I thought I could hide a little bit, you know. Guess yeah. not. <clears throat> After the game's over, just trying to find an Uber home. Yeah. And so, and the Uber's $128 we paid for an Uber. 
which is unbelievable. It's freezing cold. I've been out there for hours. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to, like, like I'm starting to not be able to feel my feet. And I've never been in this temperature before. Like, my, eye, my eyebrows are covered in frost <laughs> and, like, ice almost. <clears throat> and I'm not holding up well. Did not prepare well. I wore jeans. Nobody else was wearing jeans. Everybody else was in, like, full of ski equipment. Okay. So I did not prepare well. I only had one pair of long johns on at, under it. Yeah, that's So it was fine. not great. And it was, like, negative eight. <clears throat> You're Floridian in that weather. That's not good. The Uber was not going to arrive for like an hour. Oh, no. Because the infrastructure around the stadium was just awful. And these Bills fans are crazy. They jump through tables for I fun. can tell you right now, the Bills Mafia is a real thing. They are crazy. They are nuts. It was so dirty around the stadium because they just throw everything on the ground and leave it there. I'd hate to be a worker around Highmark Stadium Poor guys. after a Bills home game. <clears throat> But I have no idea where I'm going. I'm cold. I can't even think. And because Sean was wearing Patriots gear, nobody harassed. would help direct me of where I needed to go to find my Uber. Because apparently there was a pickup zone. Oh, and it okay. was a pretty good walk. Nobody would help. It's negative eight, man. The game's over. You kick the Patriots' ass. Like... Sean can't just take the jersey off because it's a layer. It's under. It's like a layer over the top, and every layer mattered. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I asked a parking attendant, hey, can you tell me where it was? And he looked at us, saw he was wearing a Patriots jersey, and he goes, don't know, keep walking. <clears throat> damn. I'm like, you are a parking attendant. I know you know damn well where the Uber drop-off zone is. So hey. I'm walking, and I'm just like, every Buffalo fan you ask, they're like, oh, fuck, fuck you, you know, like yeah. just constantly. It was ridiculous. To be fair, <clears throat> I feel like most Patriots fans would do that. It was ridiculous, though. It's like, the game's Not over with. It's so freaking cold. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at. It's dark. Just tell me where to go. Eventually, finally found some fans that would help. And we told them, we're like, hey, can you please? It's like, we've been eating like a you know, crap sandwich out here tonight. Can you please help? They finally directed us. It was like a mile walk from the stadium. And then you get over to the Uber drop-off zone. It's outside. Yeah. And you're just... The I story was, keeps going. I was struggling, man. I was really, really struggling in the cold. I found somebody that had like had left a fire on the ground. It was like the coals with like tiny little flames going, yeah. and they were standing around it. And I walked over to them. I said, can I please stand next to y'all under this fire? And that saved me. Wow. I, I stood under that little fire, like literally like a flame going with some coals on the ground. Props to those fans. For about 30 minutes. <clears throat> and it saved me. Eventually the Uber came. But we were supposed to go to Niagara Falls the next day. And it. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this city. I'm going straight to the airport. I sat in the airport for like four hours. So you're not got a me Buffalo some Tim guy. Hortons. So I'm done with Buffalo. Wow. So. Well, your experience was different than mine. I so, went up there a while ago. I got to see Niagara Falls. And my funny experience is, you know, it was, you know, it was a little, it was warmer. I was able to wear like short sleeves, but like we're driving around, and my dad actually like used to live in New York because he was there with me, and he's just like looking around. And, you know, you've been there, so you know what it looks like. It's like dead, all these like you know hill area. I loved it there. But I remember the f- we get off the airplane, we're, dri- we're starting to drive. My dad just looks around, looks at me, and just goes, this town needs a Super Bowl kid. <laughs> I'm like, dang, you're just going to bury Buffalo like that. All right. But, all right, so we got different opinions on that. But I don't wish them any goodwill. <laughs> That's as simple as you that. You know what? I don't blame you. I don't wish their fan base any goodwill. You know what? I don't blame that. you for that because remember when we were hosting that one time, I was trashing Florida, the, the Panthers. That's because of the experience I had with Panthers fans. So that's fair. I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to blame you for that. It was not fun. All right. We were supposed to talk about soccer, right? <laughs> yeah, we will. We're going to take, we got to take one more break. All right. Pay these last few bills. I did not know this was going to go that long. <laughs> you poor man. 
It's just not fun. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting mad thinking about it. But let's take our final break. We'll come back here. We'll finish up. Tie a bow on the Rays discussion and get into a little bit of soccer because there's some significant things going on tonight over there um, that I find very interesting. So uh, back in three, stay with us here as we roll on here on a Friday on the J.P. Peterson Show. Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. Just a couple minutes ago here before we wrap things up on a tie a bow here on the week. On Friday, on the JP Peterson show. Nick and Nick holding it down. Had some good discussions today. If you missed it, go back to check out the first 30 minutes or so. We talked about the Rays last night again. Another debacle continues. 
Games are hard to watch, man. Very frustrating as a fan, but hopefully they can snap out of it soon. And we can talk about some positive things in this race, because right now it's hard to find positive things other than the pitching, which was great again last night. Reminder, they go back at it tonight. Uh, it's, it's Randy Land Day. Will he be in the lineup? Uh, I don't, we'll see. I don't think he should, but it's Randy Land Day, so I'm sure he will be. Frankly, I think he just <laughs> needs a day off after everything that's happened, so just give him the day off. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know He's probably going to be in the lineup. It's Randy Land Day. They're 8-1 and one on Friday nights wearing the Devil Ray jersey, so hopefully that some of that good magic translates. I want to win. Just tonight. Win. Zach Eflin getting back out there against Kyle Bradish. Uh which could be a, a nice little, a nice little sneaky pitcher stool. We'll see. Um, other things going on tonight is it's Football. a big. If you're a big soccer fan, this is a big night. <clears throat> we got the women's World Cup taking off at nine. The USA, that is the USA uh, women's national team, going for the three peat. Going for the three peat, and they take on Vietnam in their opening match. And this is kind of the year. And I, I've been, I haven't followed as much as I used to. Uh, the women's team, that is, because there's been a transition and still getting used to seeing some of the new players. But I mentioned yesterday, Sophia Smith sounds like the potential breakout star of this tournament for the, the women's national team. Um, and she is a striker because it sounds like, um, like a Megan Rapino and a, a Rose Lavelle are going to be... Uh, they're going to play, but they're obviously going to be scaled back a little bit, so... A little bit of the changing of the guard for the U.S. Women's National Team. They should have no problem tonight against Vietnam, which I think because of the fact that this tournament is 32 teams now, which is caught up to what the World Cup was. Obviously, it was 48 this past year. <clears throat> that's why Vietnam's in the World Cup. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. So they should be okay tonight and should be exciting to watch. Um, I believe the, the highest, most watched game, soccer in the States, is still USA-Japan in the World Cup final in 2015. So... The team does have a drawing power in that sense, yeah. and it'll be good to see some of these this young talent out there tonight. Yeah, you know, you're rooting <laughs> for them. The, t the uh, road to the title is going to be a lot harder this year because they lost some pieces while other teams like Canada has gained some pieces, so it's not going to be as easy, and I think tonight will be very t telling. Like, if they just, you know, you know, they do what we say, you know, they just go out there and they destroy Vietnam, then, you know, okay, good start. If uh, they draw or lose, okay, we might have... Might need, might be panic time, but you know USA all the way. Let's see what happens. Yep, there's always nothing like, um, in my opinion, USA soccer, women's or men's. It seems to be the one thing that we all kind of, even those who don't watch it, combine to enjoy. At least those who tune in. So uh, I'll be watching and should be fun. That's on Fox tonight, by the way, at nine o'clock, which means SmackDown is going to be on FS1. For you wrestling fans out there, such as myself, a lot of things for me to keep up with tonight. I from Orlando, <clears throat> which is in Orlando, and Rawls in in Tampa on Monday. I'm very bloated. I cannot. I work tonight, and I work on Monday. Uh -huh. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know. So yeah, that sucks. Two events like that in my in my cities back yeah. to back, and I can't go to either. So is what it is. Other soccer news tonight. We have reached the it's, debut. It is time. <laughs> The man is making his debut, it finally. It is time. Enter Miami playing Cruz Azul in the opener of the League's Cup 2023, which I believe is like the Champions League version of kind of soccer in, Nor in North America. Uh, well, we actually have a Champions League. That's the CONCACAF Champions League. Right. Uh, this, this one's is combining the, every team from the MLS and Liga MX. Yeah, because the, the, yeah, the, the, the two leagues have a partnership, so it's that. 
So that's really what it is. If you, I'm pretty sure if you win this, you get into the CONCACAF uh, right. Champions League. So this kicks off tonight at um, 8 o'clock. I'm trying to find it if it's even on TV. Yeah, because I'm, like, I'm <coughs> like, come on, this is such a big event. It's not even a full MLS thing. Don't tell me it's on Apple. Yeah, Inter-Miami we know is not a great team either, which is the interesting part. But they've actually won their last three matches in non-MLS competition. Not to mention they're in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, so they still got a chance to win some silverware. Like right, right but, away with Messi. Right, but every all eyes are going to be on uh, Lionel Messi tonight. Uh, we had the whole introduction earlier in the week that in the delayed. pouring rain, yeah. and those still fans still came out. That was good to see. This game tonight, I believe, is down there in Fort Lauderdale at the Lockhart Stadium. So yeah. it is the first home game as well for Lionel Messi. I don't believe he'll start. I believe he'll be on the bench. But so just get ready for that moment where he finally. Gets this is a, this in. is such a big deal. I'm so excited about this. Uh, as somebody who has. Been a huge soccer fan my entire life, Me too. and we made it, dude. You've just been waiting to have something like this. Uh, look past the age. This is not a typical thirty-five-year-old coming over to the MLS. That's he just was one of the best <clears throat> players of the World Cup. Like he can still go. There, there are every club in the world. I don't care what league it's in, would love to have Lionel Messi if they could afford him. Yeah, top clubs like Barcelona every was trying club. to get him back for a reason because he can still play. That yes, he's, this he's is a draw, a, and he can still play. Yes, this was a World Cup winner. This is one for my money. This is the greatest player that has ever touched a pitch ever. Easily the best of our generation. Easily the best of our generation. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a monumental not moment, not for the Inter Miami, but for MLS as a whole. For American soccer, it's going to be really cool for some of these younger players in Inter Miami who all of a sudden, you know, they're the worst team in the MLS, and here comes Lionel Messi. Yeah, and he's bringing all <laughs> these other guys from Barcelona with him. He's bringing all these guys with him: Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, some of the players he's played with at Barcelona. Should that be fun? I mean, I just read a whole article here of a preview, and I don't see anything mentioned about TV. Yeah. So I don't 